In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear faithful, today our Lord performs the double healing of the paralytic man. He forgives him his sins, and then commands him to arise and walk home. The contemporaries of Christ are astounded that he forgives sins. We know, as they knew, that it is God who forgives sins. Sin is an evil that does infinite injustice to God, so that no mere man can forgive it. Even the priest, who absolves sinners in the sacrament of confession, does not forgive these sins of or by himself, but acts in the person of Christ, who is God and man. The forgiveness of sins is thus truly a divine prerogative, which is why the scribes in today's gospel judge our Lord to be a blasphemer. However, they so judge not out of ignorance, but out of malice, prompting our Lord to say to them, Why do you think evil in your hearts? The scribes here sin by unbelief in Christ's divinity. Our Lord already manifested his divinity by many pre previous miracles, so that his enemies have no excuse for despising the truth that they have witnessed. In the chapter preceding today's Holy Gospel, Jesus cleansed the leper, healed the centurion's servant, and Peter's mother-in-law. He drove the devils out of two possessed men. These are visible miracles, which are signs that prove the reality of our Lord's invis invisible divine power. Now this time, for the paralytic man, our Lord thinks to perform an invisible miracle. Be of good heart, son, thy sins are forgiven. The healing of the soul cannot be sensibly perceived, but its reality is both signified and realized, produced, by our Lord's words. Those who have faith, in this case the scripture bearers, believe our Lord's words, are spiritually prepared to witness this invisible miracle. For the scribes, whose pride blinded them, the words of our Lord do not suffice for them to believe. So our Lord responds to their blindness by perform performing a visible miracle, commanding the paralytic to get up and walk, a wonder that even his enemies cannot deny. As Dom Garanjay points out, the outward cure of the paralytic was both the image and the proof of the cure of his soul, which previously had been in a state of oral paralysis. Reflecting on this gospel, we thus see there is a close relation here between the virtue of faith and the forgiveness of our sins, and not just in this gospel. This Passover Friday, we read the story of the sinner who anointed our Lord's feet at the house of the Pharisee. There too, there is the same parallel. Our Lord forgives the woman her sins, and they who were at table with him began to say within themselves, Who is this man who even forgives sins? But our Lord said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. 
So we see that faith is the disposition that touches our Lord's sacred heart and moves him to mercy towards the sinner. One question we could ask ourselves from time to time is when we approach the confessional to have our sins forgiven, what dispositions do we bring? We are, of course, like a paralytic man, weighed down and unable to move from the bed of our fallen nature, that is the result of original sin, of our own actual sins. Our Lord is eager to heal us. But we should always remind ourselves to come to Him with good dispositions. Perhaps sometimes we go to confession simply out of self-pity. We can take the opportunity here to remind ourselves that confession is not some sort of counseling session where we spend more time talking about what we feel or how we feel about others or how they make us feel or discussing all our life's hopes and worries instead of concentrating unhumbly and simply confessing the sins that we have in our conscience. We should simply go to confession with the supernatural outlook that comes from faith. That we are poor creatures inclined to sin because of our fallen nature. That we are capable of sinning and unfortunately will very likely sin again in the future. But of course we always hope less and less that we are unable to do anything meritorious for heaven by ourselves without the help of grace. But with all confidence do we come to confession that we will be healed by our Lord, who is all-powerful and all-merciful, provided that we simply do what is asked of us to make a good confession. That is, to accuse our sins to the priest along with their kind and number, the simplicity, and avoiding superfluous details and unnecessary anecdotes to have contrition for our sins, which we must always remember is essentially an act of the will sustained by grace to detest our sins rather than a mere emotion of sadness which we may or may not feel. And finally, third thing, be firmly resolved to satisfy for our sins. With this supernatural outlook, we are better spiritually prepared to receive the formula of absolution. Remembering that these words pronounced by the priest are the words chosen by our Lord that both signify and produce the forgiveness of our sins. So that these words, united to our acts as the penitent that we mentioned above, accusation, contrition, and satisfaction, these words will always be efficacious to absolve our sins. So for us, unlike for the scribes, the words of our Lord suffice. And we don't have to see the penitent walking out of the confessional, shining like an angel, to know that a little miracle has just happened in that person's soul. Our faith reassures us that, once we have been absolved from our sins, we can now, with joy and hope, like the paralytic, arise and walk again in the direction of our real home, which is heaven, no longer weighed down by our fallen nature, but strong enough by grace to carry our nature without falling again into sin. So dear faithful, ask our Lord to give you the grace of loving confession. We should love confession 
with the invisible miracle that it works in our soul every time we go to confession. Please also pray for priests who are chosen by our Lord to be his instruments in this awesome work of healing souls. We have just finished this past week the Ember Days, during which we traditionally pray and do penance for the sanctification of the clergy and to implore God for worthy priests. Holy Orders were traditionally conferred also on every Saturday, which was yesterday. It is then to no surprise that the theme for this Sunday is the forgiveness of sins, one of the powers bestowed on the priest during the rite of ordination. During the rite of ordination, the ordaining bishop says to the newly ordained priest those same words that our Lord said to his apostles. Receive the Holy Ghost. Those whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven. Those whose sins you retain, they are retained. Pray then for your priests, that they may be both worthy instruments of God's power and faithful images of his justice and his mercy. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.